When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. guys welcome to the next atp weekly this is gonna be a bit weird because we don't have the usual sort of final stock right Chengdu and Zhuhai will finish on Tuesday uh, I think by the time we're gonna be finishing this episode they're actually gonna start their semi-finals but you know we'll figure it out there's also the labor cup to talk about uh, which isn't the title as well what is the labor cup so I guess this is maybe where we'll start so Mario how much of labor cup 2023 did you actually watch uh yeah, I'm going to to be honest, but for um, a lot of different reasons, this is, I think, just the second Lever Cup I actually watch. But uh, okay. because la- last year I was in Parma WTA during doing the coverage and with the London time zone was really difficult. Uh, yeah, this year it basically was that, you know, Vancouver, the actual ATP tournament was another time zone. Uh, in China, <laughs> so um, I mean, I, I was free to watch and I, I watched uh, uh, a bit of the competition. Uh, of course, the it hasn't been a close a close one, so it's been you know not very interesting till till the last stage of of the tournament, and and that hasn't helped. Um, all the, you know, I feel that this year they needed uh, that kind of close competition because everyone was talking about 
the Lever Cup without Roger Federer, for example, without on the court, I mean, uh, without, you know, any of the, um, let's say, super, super big players. Because even in 2021, without the, the big three, uh, but still there was, you know, Medvedev, which was the latest Grand Slam champion. Um, so this was kind of the first edition without any, um, I don't know how to call, because they are all, um, let's say, top players in terms that they are, at, um, let's say, the top, the top of the game, but um, not with that character, which was capitalizing all the... Um, you know the media attention and, uh, and also not only the hardcore tennis fans but also the let's say the casual fans attention uh, and the, the scoreline in terms of the points earned by each team hasn't helped that um, because let's imagine a super close competition with uh, um, you know, sun, a Sunday with the, the uncertain result, it would have been still good because there, uh, there would have been um, the, the interest in, you know, watch the, let's say, a deciding match and all these things. Um, even the score of the matches hasn't really been great uh, because there's been only one um, deciding tiebreak and in doubles. Um, so there, uh, there hasn't been drama at all, and that it's uh, that's what you know made the competition not not that good this year. Um, I I think that um, the biggest the biggest issue was in in the team Europe because uh, I think that the team world was. Um, well organized, good players, uh, players that can can play uh, can play good and fun. Um, the team Europe seemed like, you know, uh, let's say a bit of a mess. And in fact, it's uh, it's basically been like that even in in the scoreboard. I I think that the team the team world was the favorite before before the competition. Probably not as as heavy as it has been, but uh, I I think that um, it, it's difficult to talk even because uh, there hasn't been any kind of drama in in terms of knowing who who would have won the the Labour Cup. It was pretty clear. Uh, I don't want to say they won because four zero it's nothing given how the competition. Uh, goes in day two and three, but you know the second day basically killed uh, killed the competition. Yeah, sort of. I, I agree with you that if if it went to like a deciding match, I probably would have watched it, or, or actually it would have been very late at night. But you know, if if I was up, I would have watched it. But as it's as it stood, I did not catch a single point of the Lever Cup this year. Which was definitely a first for me when it comes to this competition, but it's not like I was often watching it all that much. Like in 2022, I think I only saw the mixed, um, mm. so the mixed, Jesus, the doubles of Federer and Nadal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what yeah. I mentioned. That's what I meant. <laughs> uh, the doubles of Federer and Nadal. Uh, in previous years, I think I was watching quite a lot. 
especially Federer's, Federer singles matches, you know, the ones against Query, Isner, Kyrgios, whoever he played. I think it was really the only three opponents that he played in singles in Labor Cup, uh, Isner, Query, and Kyrgios. But anyway, yeah, this year I, I just knew instantly that if Fields Shelton doesn't convince me to watch, then probably nothing will, unless there's like a deciding rubber, yeah. And uh, I, obviously you're right that on the first day it doesn't really matter. That's why you sort of throw in these uh, lesser single players of yours because everyone has to play one singles. It used to be a big talking point with Jack Sock because he was there for the doubles, but he still had to play one singles. So they would always put him in singles on the first day since it's just one point. And here, obviously, the same thing happened. They, they put their strongest players on day two and day three uh, playing singles. Uh, both teams did. Obviously, on day three, we actually did not get any singles match, which uh, is a shame for the spectators who bought the tickets, for sure, because even though they gave them uh, the exhibition doubles match between Eubanks Raonic and someone from Team Europe, um, you know, that's, that's not really what they came for, naturally. Uh, I read something on Twitter, like where, when someone said that um, maybe more doubles would be interesting in this event. And I kind of agree with this because I think this is what people come for, uh, for Labor Cup. Like, I think some of the best stories of the last few years were obviously Federer and Nadal. It was a retirement party and, and that's sort of a different deal. But even earlier, you know, some some pairings like Federer Djokovic or Federer and Nadal, right, in 2017 playing doubles together. That was the, These were the biggest stories of, of Labor Cup. And I think maybe next year, if we can get, let's say, Anel Karas Rune doubles team, which would be a huge throwback to when they played doubles, you know, uh, a few times in juniors. That that would be a story that could potentially really um, just grab the attention of the tennis world in a completely different way than than it happened here. Like just just looking at the lineups that we had, you know, some anything that that really interests me. I guess I I could um, potentially watch, you know, Ojeda Sim Shelton playing doubles or Hurkacz Monfils. I think the doubles here are are a lot more interesting than the singles a lot of the time, just because you wouldn't usually get these player combinations on the tour. You wouldn't usually even get all four of these guys in a doubles match in a doubles tournament. So I think that that maybe is a solution of sorts, maybe to try two doubles, two singles or something. Definitely it would help if the teams were more even, but as you said, that's not really the fault of anyone here. It's just the fact that Team Europe had a few withdrawals. Alcaraz didn't play, Medvedev didn't want to play. So uh, if they can get these guys to, to be there, maybe Team Europe becomes too strong again, <laughs> who knows? But at least it would be it would be more competitive. And um, yeah, let's let's talk about this um, discussion that Felix Ojalia, Sim and Gael Monfils had, right, uh, during their match. And uh, sort of uh, they were, well, th they had different ideas as to how uh, the Labour Cup should be like presented, as to how they should compete in it. Felix was basically treating it as like a very serious ATP event, official stuff, whereas Monfils was having fun. And uh, I think... Yeah, personally, I think that Gael had a good point with the fact that he is ranked, what, 140 or something like that? Well, uh, 140, I guess. Uh, I guess he was here, like, maybe on the PR even. Uh, that's that's where, how they announced it at some point. But, but you know, he, he was basically there because of his personality, because of his on-court persona, because of the fact that he is an entertainer and not really because he's the best singles player that Labour Cup has to offer at this point. I mean, Team Europe has to offer at this point in time. So I think he had a point with it. Um, yeah, what's your what's your take on it? 
Okay, no, no let's say that he, uh, I haven't watched it live because it was too, it was too late uh, for me, but uh, let's say that I have to make two different uh, uh, thoughts because there's, you know, my personal taste and, uh, and you know, the taste of uh, the general public and the fans because... Uh, if it's that more of an exhibition, in total honesty, I'm not watching it um, because you know it's just my my personality. I don't like that kind of of tennis. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, uh, uh, but I I can get what he says. That that's what I that's what I mean. I um, Let's just say that I, I, I know why, you know, Felix uh, uh, took that super, super seriously. He's having a bad year. He's playing in front of, uh, let's say, the Canadian, uh, the Canadian fans uh, in, in Vancouver. He, he wants to, to do well, to try to gain some, some energy and maybe also momentum going forward in the season. Let's say something like that. I can understand that. Uh, this is still an in- invitational event, let's say this. And if Monfils has been called, he has been called to be Gael Monfils. And so, if you if you are not okay with it, it's um, I don't know. It's it's a bit weird, definitely. Uh, so. Uh, I know that you know my personal taste uh, tends to be like, oh, I would like this to be a super serious contest. But then I also think that um, Monfils has the, the the good point in in the discussion because he he has been invited to play there and he's been invited because he is a certain kind of player, a certain kind of character. Uh, for for tennis, otherwise they they would have called, you know, whoever, but uh, not him, especially at this stage of his career, because um, we, we know that Monfils has always taken tennis super super seriously. Uh, everyone knows it, but at this stage of his career, his you know his brand game, uh, you have called him for that reason. Uh, in my opinion, in the competition. And so mm, this is what you, you have to expect. And also, uh, talking for Felix, you know, you should focus on, on yourself and what you, what you have to do. You, you know, uh, you can't say a lot, in my opinion, uh, about how the, the other players decide to, uh, to approach the game. Uh, you have to do to, to do your job. You have to to approach the match in the way you prefer. Um, and then I don't know. I think that there there was not probably the case, even because you know some kind of um, of exhibition stuff. I think that that can help also the the event because. Uh, you watched it because uh, it's a bit of a serious contest, but also because there's there it's a little bit different, different from you know the usual stuff you get yeah. week in week out on on the tour. 
Hell, I mean, I think even this discussion really helped the event because it's the biggest story to come out of the Labour Cup this year. And it actually gained a lot of publicity. Yeah, um, personally, well, I understand that Felix wanted to play this because, well, it's in Vancouver, right? It, it's a lot of money, too. I think if he, like, really was as serious about it if, as if he, uh, you know, as, as he's uh, sort of trying to convey here, he actually should have gone to Chengdu or Zhuhai. I mean, you're struggling for form. Is the yeah, Labour Cup really what you need right now? I mean, I, I get that he wanted to play it. It's in Vancouver. That's fine. Uh, but um, yeah, just, just if you if you decided to play this sort of event, if you're playing Galman Fees, who clearly is not there to, you know, compete at the highest level, let's say possible. Um, yeah, but you, you should be fine with it. Like you shouldn't really throw a fit like this to me. But well, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I think there's also uh, the, the 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 sort of question of. Um, the fact that Monfils was basically the only player who was invited there for for that reason, right? He was he was um, definitely by far the lowest ranked. Also, you had Arthur Fils, but he is very young, and you know that's why he was invited. Davidovich Fokina, I think, still is. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, even though he is very entertaining, I think he was still like had a stronger sport uh, sort of level quality case than Monfils. So it is it is a bit of a, a, a two sided argument, definitely. And I, I do agree with you. I also like the serious com- contest in it. I wouldn't watch it if it was just, you know, all fun and games. Uh, however, I think one of the other problems with the Labour Cup here is that basically uh, someone someone in my comments on Twitter co- compared this to Davis Cup because there's also no points right now. Like, what's the difference? And for me, there's there's a really huge one in the sense that um, the players in Davis Cup, they actually compete for their country, you know, a federation that probably gave them a lot of funding, uh, a country, you know, for, for sort of for the, for the people that uh, they feel some connection to. Whereas when you have made up teams like Team World or um, Team Europe, does anyone really care which team wins? I mean, I, I cannot really imagine thinking, oh, my God, I really want Team Europe to win because I'm European. <laughs> Uh, back in the day, you know, well, basically, if you are watching this as a fan of a singular player, I uh, definitely, I mean, you're going to want that player to win. Are you going to want Team Europe or rest or the or Team World to win because your favorite player is on that team? I'm not really sure. Uh, like when watching when watching the first few Labour Cups, um, mostly, as I said, mostly just watching the Federer matches. I was I was like uh, well I, I definitely wanted him to win his singles matches he did win uh, all six of them he lost some doubles for sure but did I really care if Team Europe were, if team, team Europe won I don't think so and and this is something that really cannot uh, I I cannot imagine someone like really yeah. being on their toes and thinking oh my god I hope rest of the world yeah, exactly. rest of the world has to uh, has to win because I'm from Namibia or whatever. Uh, yeah. yeah, for, for me, it just doesn't work like that. And it, it's a bit of a problem for this event that, yeah, it, it's hard to get behind these made-up teams. Uh, and the players, I think, this year, from what, at least from what I saw, from what I read, uh, as I said, I didn't see a single point, but I saw some videos and I also saw, um, yeah, pe- just people tweeting about it, writing about it. And it seemed like the players were also not uh, all that invested this year compared to the previous ones. We didn't get any um, like huge moments in terms of the coaching, right? Because uh, the last few years we had some videos where, I don't know, Djokovic comes in, coaches Mare to beat the minor, 
Djokovic uh, I don't know Federer coaches Djokovic or something like that obviously that's also because the big four was there that's why these moments were like pointed out but I think they 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 weren't really all that invested in it it definitely would be awkward as Sean says for the guy who didn't try and it's it, it's fine that they do I, I I definitely like it this way that they compete hard they um yeah they want to win this but as a spectator it's very hard for me to get behind any of the teams because i just do not care if rest of the world or team europe wins yeah let's say i can i can say my you know my experience as uh let's say a tennis fan i started for example uh you know supporting the rest of the world because i prefer the the singles players involved in, in during the first day um from you know the, the rest of the world but then as the competition progressed i started let's say cheering for mm -hmm. the europe because i wanted a more even com competition so uh i was going from one side to another just because you know the players involved the matchup or or let's just say the score because at some point it became your oh, let's hope europe snatches a win so you know the competition lasts a little bit a, a, a little bit longer i don't think that there can really be, uh, let's say, a serious sense, common sense of, uh, because team rest of the world, team Europe, you know, I, I struggle to uh, to find some kind of connection. And since I, I live in Europe, I, I, I feel that uh, we, team Europe, need to win. I, I really don't. Okay. Uh, it's really difficult. Uh, uh for me so i i don't know uh it's a bit of an issue but i think that um that's been the biggest difference in my opinion between the team world and the team europe that the team world felt like a, a kind of a team um because let's say some players that were also involved in some past editions and also uh yeah let's say that it it felt like they they were caring about each other there there was a team not that team europe uh, you know it uh, it was good for some you know content for some fans but uh, it didn't feel like um, like a team uh, also the coaching staff you know team ward was uh, all of them was there uh, trying to give some advice, also some gestures that we're making for each other, for example, between Serundolo and Shelton at some point during the, their singles matches. Uh, uh, they, there was the feeling that they were a team. Team Europe was, mm, <laughs> you know, was a mess. It was a total mess, the Team Europe. Let's be, let's be honest on this. And that's probably because of the sort of personalities that they got there, right? I mean, mm. Rublev, Root, Hurkacz, all of these guys are like, you know, very kind, very nice, but also introverted mostly, I guess. Rublev maybe not so much, but but still, he is like a, you know, humble, um, sort of just low-key kind of guy. And I think all of them sort of maybe just aren't that amazing at this format. Whereas, yeah, someone like Shelton obviously is like born for it. Uh, but yeah, I, I I just think that the that the Liver Cup really needs Alcaraz next year probably. Um, th they're gonna have to pay him like insane amount of money, but 
but I think that's something that would really elevate this competition in the post Big Four era. You know, maybe they can get Nadal or Djokovic. I don't know. Nadal is probably not going to be say playing that, anymore. Uh, but next level cup is in Europe, so um, uh, it's probably a little bit easier. Let's just say that yeah. the level cup in Vancouver, while the tour is in China, uh, it's it's not that easy. Uh, also for you know. Uh, even if they they pay you, you know you can have some some doubts uh, about the schedule. If it's going to be in Berlin, um, is that easier for be... China? Is that easier for China though? It's not easier China, to get to but, from Davis know, Cup, but no, it's yeah. it's not easier for uh, for China. But yeah, let's say that as a player who can uh, prepare the Chinese swing, for example, in Monte Carlo or you know in Spain. Or um, it's it's easier uh, to have them as a, as a stop to to then go to you know to to China to play Shanghai or whatever, uh, at least for the European uh, players. Uh, that's what I am thinking about. Probably, let's say that if they want to to try to get Djokovic in the team uh, in Vancouver. Mm, a bit impossible to think about Djokovic going to, to Vancouver to play the Lever Cup, in my opinion. Berlin can feel like it, it may be a chance. Um, I don't know if I'm right about this, but it can be for the European players a little bit easier to think about that, to make a schedule going also to, to China. Yeah, maybe you're right. Djokovic, so far, from what I can see, he's played in Chicago and in London. So I guess um, not much of a... Well, he, he did play both in, in Europe and in, in, in the States once. It's probably There's probably a lot more factors than that. But, but yeah, probably right that it could be a bit easier to get him or Alcaraz in Berlin. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Also, there's like this one premise that um, the Deliver Cup sort of, um, yeah, they just had it at first. But then they never really delivered on it, in the sense that they they said that they were going to bring the Labor Cup and tennis to like parts of the world mm -hmm. where it doesn't really you know, have that much popularity maybe yet. And so far we've had Prague, Chicago, Geneva, Boston, London, yeah. Vancouver. I guess Vancouver. Well, Vancouver has a has a pretty big uh, ITF and Challenger event. I guess Boston, at least, and and Chicago. They were they were events that you know. Um, there are places that usually don't host big tennis events, but otherwise, do we really think that they have managed that? Probably not. And Berlin, that all, that's also not, not really um, what they were at least at first uh, aiming for. Maybe they are afraid that they wouldn't sell tickets. Who know? Who knows? Um, well, I guess Africa. Yeah, South Africa would be interesting. Uh, I mean, they had such a large crowd in Johannesburg, right? Uh, was it Johannesburg? Uh, no Pretoria. What, what was the uh, the one where Federer and Nadal played? Um, oh, I don't eh. don't remember. I, th I think it was J Johannesburg, maybe. Yeah, I, I think so. But but yeah, South Africa has definitely been a bit underused. They had a challenger a couple of year, a couple of years back in Potchefstroom. 
now now it's not there anymore africa in general you know india maybe that would be a good market as well to hit yeah, but right even now. in i would say even in in asia it can be can be yeah. good like uh, you know uh, india is asia but i'm talking about for mm-hmm. example uh Cape japan Town. or china right yeah they they have uh, uh they Cape have Town great... was the was okay. the um yeah they they have great crowds and so i think that it can it can work also because that edition can really be uh, you know e- easy for for the the schedule of of the player also so uh, it would be a good idea to 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 go once there yeah sort of expand that and i, I also am, am aware of um, the fact that when i say that um, well i'm more interested in like tennis with actual stakes and that's why i don't follow the labor cup i am a bit hypocritical because there are certainly certain events that are also just for the money and i will still watch them like for example the next gen finals but there i feel like you have a very clear purpose like there's young guys and you're trying to showcase them to the world which at Labor Cup also happens in a way we had Fils we had Shelton we had Franz Rundolo but you know the purpose is sort of lost in in all of that but anyway i i think maybe that's where we could um yeah Sean says that he also has a side issue of not liking the gray court color has it been like this in all Labor Cups so far i think it has, i think right? yes it's kind of uh, of a brand of the of the event yeah. if i can remember well um yeah. Yeah, I think that's side issue, but I think that the yeah the the main thing is that they also have been very very unlucky with how the the matchup turned out to be uh, because uh, uh, let's just say that even one singles match that finishes, for example, thirteen eleven at the at the match tiebreak it's it's still you know a match that you can turn on to see what's going on and and this year it's been uh yeah let's say unlucky with with that so um, even talking about the singles match for example let's say that yeah, all the matches felt that there was a possibility, you know, for example, if Davidovic Fokina was playing good, I feel I felt that uh that match against Terundolo could have been, you know, a close a close tight battle, but it hasn't been like that. Uh but also the match between Rublev and Fritz to start the second day could have been could have had some kind of interest and then the first set wasn't close and then the match slipped away in the tie break and you know the, there's also been a lot of unluck from from this point of view for the let's say the organizers and um regarding the interest because sometimes it can be like the you know the competition is not that much of interesting in terms of how the the teams are composed and uh, a lot of other things but at least the matching in itself can can still bring some some attention uh this year it hasn't been like that yep and i think with that we could start talking about Chengdu and Zhuhai maybe mm-hmm. a little bit but also let's let's stop for a while because i i think john will probably want us to talk about this <laughs> and liam brody friend of the show has broken mm-hmm. the top 100 so uh we have to give him a shout out we you had uh on the channel you had a talk i think yesterday yeah. between john and, and david samuel the, the 
longtime coach of Liam Brody. Uh, we did not choose Liam Brody as the Jakub Bobra player of the week yesterday. Maybe we would have if he had beaten Konstant Lestien in the final. Uh, I think, um, you know, since going 4-0 up there, he was definitely not the better player in that one. However, that's a fantastic achievement. That's something that he has worked for, for how many? 11 years, let's say. I mean, in 2012, he was yeah, the, or, or, uh, the world number two in juniors. He made two slam finals in singles. He won two slams in doubles. And there's, you know, a steady top 100 player. He lost his first seven finals contested, I believe. The first title in 2021. Now he almost got another one. Uh, he he earned another one this year early on in, in Vilnius in February. Got 100 points there. Got a, got 90 points for Wimbledon third round. Uh, got um, BL was 100, I think, this year. So 60 points for the final there. Saint-Tropez, 75 points for the final there. And eventually he managed to do it and yeah 93 because i i, I believe that um albert ramos vignolas could have still passed him but he lost yesterday so so uh yeah. 93 is gonna be where liam brody enters the top 100 and now the big uh goal for him will be to finish at a spot that would give him the australian open main draw which i think is yeah. very very likely to you now in the atp race he's like what 93rd and about 70 points ahead of number 100, which with a like a lower number of protected rankings, even like 104 can get you in. So uh, yeah, great stuff. And and I think it's not really like an absurdly high peak level that he's had this year, uh, but mostly uh, just a combination of all the work that he's done, well, this year, but also in the in the years prior. And yeah, it was pretty funny to me as well, John, that at Lestien landed just one spot and one point away from from Brody after beating him in the Santrope final. Yeah, uh, uh, watching also the result, uh, it's been you know a very very consistent year because uh, yeah. one title, but also two two finals, uh, three semifinals in. Uh, let's say it was the last six six tournaments played. Five, five yeah, tournaments. Yeah, he made three, three consecutive semis. At, uh, in semifinals. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's of course great and. Um, yeah, let's say that he his level is pretty much really good, but probably you're right when you say that he uh, he doesn't probably reach that that peak of a level uh, he would he would probably need right now to um, you know to to take some some other steps around, but working working hard. For example, Lestien is an ex is another example of a, uh, let's say a player that. Uh, in a later stage of, of his career reaches you know his his best ranking and um, is able to play some tournaments in in the, at the, the ATP tour right now he his ranking got a little bit uh, a little lower but uh, he's he's even been a, a top 50 player uh, in for some weeks um, so if he, if he keeps like that he he can give he can have his well earned reward by by playing some some stuff on the ATP tour and uh, starting from the the main draw the Australian Open. Uh, uh, talking about uh, yeah, I think I'm watching about the result he he has to let's say defend, but I don't think that he uh, Tel Aviv quarters has it already gone off. Um... Because there, I, there was the, there was Tel Aviv quarters that, that I remember. 
um, the ATP yeah, 250. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but I don't. Uh, right now well, it's I gonna haven't. it's gonna go down next week. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. Um, obviously, that then he didn't actually play for, even for for a month because I think he was injured. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so he think, basically think... has to have another uh, another another couple of solid results. Let's let's say like that, and he should he should be be able to to make the 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 main draw. Yeah, he's gonna drop that that Tel Aviv quarter, but you know he he has a big lead over over let's say the number one hundred spot. Mm-hmm. In the EPI, so he should be fine for the Australian Open for sure, and then we'll see. Vilnius in February that that can be a huge drop, but he will he will have some points to gain in the clay season as well. Not really his strong suit, definitely not. And I think he was somewhat fortunate to get injured in this this part of the year mm-hmm. this year because he he just normally doesn't get points there, right? So so getting injured there is not that much of a hit. Uh, but maybe he can gain some next year, you know, with 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 um, with just better health. Who knows? And um, yeah, John says that Liam was kind of hanging on from four zero, and in tennis that rarely works. I I think just the the difference of creativity it really started showing. And Lestian also knew perfectly well that like with their sort of difference in temperaments, I guess, went to Liam too. Um, not that he's like not, you know, he cannot do. That or something like that. I just don't think it's really his when uh, just maybe constantly, um, you know, giving giving a good show. I think that's something that could have really. Uh, could have really got to Liam pretty easily. Anyway, uh, Chang Dujuhai, we as, as I mentioned, we are at the semi final stages of this event of this event which is uh usually do things here on the weekly oh my internet yeah yeah, yeah right now yeah. yes definitely they they hate the fact that uh... shoot the, the they hate the fact that i'm not rooting for team europe in labor cup uh, <laughs> uh but yeah Cheng de Zhuhai, as i mentioned the semi-finals of the these events we that's where we are not not how we usually yeah. do things they are, they're actually about to start in Chengdu uh, a bit later in Zhuhai, from what I can see. But yeah, uh, what's what's sort of Mario been the story of the week so far in either of these? Uh, well, let's say that, uh, for example, uh, talking about the players that are uh, are still in in the two draws, Kachanov is back winning some some matches uh, after a period of. Of struggle, uh, he. Uh, I think that uh, yeah, this is the first time he wins back to back matches since the the French Open when he he got. Yeah, he only the played end. one match since the French, right? Yeah, between, exactly. Uh, between the French and Chengdu. Yeah. So, but but it's been you know a, lo- a long Zuhai, part sorry, of the Zuhai. season, given given also the fact that uh, he was back in in the top ten, having good results in in the slams. And, and yesterday's win has been really good because McDonald started the match incredibly well, um, and it's been it's been good because uh, he he showed, let's say, a, a nice level uh, a nice level of tennis, and also we have let's say the unpredictable Karatsev, uh, which is which is doing very well, beating back to back Murray and and Nori, not the two most informed player of. Of the moment, but um, 
he he did really well and also i watched the match against murray and uh, he was in he, he totally was on fire in the last couple of sets uh playing some some incredible shots and defenses looking really really good physically also um and so let's say that talking about Juai, he uh, probably he enters the match against nishioka as as the favorite at this point even if nishioka this part of the season is is usually good for him even last year he got um he got the title in seoul in this um in, in these weeks of, of the last year, uh, playing really good. I, I would say that they, um, they're they turning out to be some interesting events in this in these later stages, even if the, uh, let's say that the draw overall wasn't that high of a level uh, for both tournaments in terms of uh, the lower-ranked players involved. Um, they haven't really been able to create some kind of damage and upsets. Um, yeah. But overall, right now, the, the matches seems like they uh, they are a bit interesting also because he, it's, it's good to try to know something about these players also going forward in the last the last part of the season with the last the the last main events that we we got to. to we, we are left to see. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, I definitely have to say that I have not been all that invested in Chengdu and Zhuhai. This was a very good week for the challengers, I think, because mm-hmm. Lever Cup sucked. Uh, Chengdu and Zhuhai are, are like okay-ish. And yeah, I agree with you that the, the lower-ranked players just did not do that much damage. And, you know, we're sort of stuck at like with, with the usual suspects, which could be interesting for some. Uh, for me, not so much. But yeah, I agree that Katanov, Korda, you know, these guys getting getting some, yeah. at least some rhythm back. We'll see if some form really, but at least some rhythm back. Katanov, yeah, just one match between Chengdu and, uh, sorry, Zhuhai and the French Open, losing to Mo at the US Open. Korda, of course, um, yeah, at some point everyone th- thought that he was going to break like top 15th of 10 this year. That's not happening, but that's a pretty huge semi in, uh, in Zhuhai, Katanov, Korda. Aslan Karatsev, yeah, if he can if he can get to the final, that's always something that we are gonna be looking at as potential. You know, someone who can actually win that final too, and you know, has such a stupendous big level. And also Zverev Dimitrov. Uh that's that's a semi in Chengdu that I that really think could be great, just because of yeah. how well they played at the uh, the first two sets of the US Open, right? Um yeah. that they've they've already faced three times this year this year, so it's pretty insane that they're gonna play again and i i am worried that this match could be like one of their first two meetings right mm-hmm. but so far she uh she managed uh, uh she jesus I, I looked at nurlan's comment and then that's why i went to a she because he's asking about wta this uh sorry nurlan but um the atp the wta weekly i think was yesterday with nick and miles <laughs> we don't and, want to uh, steal them the job <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Uh, but also the, the answer to your question is no. <laughs> no, no, no. I agree, no. Uh, and um, the other the other thing is what I was talking about. Oh, okay. It's Varev Dimitrov. Yeah, I think that one could be really enjoyable today. Or it could suck just like it did at Ron Garros. Yeah, know? let's say that's a storyline every time that Dimitrov is in a semifinal. Uh, the storyline is, is the fact that he, he is titleless since... Uh, the ATP finals in 2017. So uh, 
let's see if this week can be can be good for him also since you know on the WTA side Sakari won her second title the first since 2019 who knows if Dimitrov can can try to 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 do the same and break this this curse for him uh he is in a semi, you know, the, the Zverev task is difficult, but also we have to say that Zverev is not looking unbeatable this week. Um, the first couple of matches, uh, at least in the start, he's been uh, at times a little bit shaky, even if he's serving really well. And that has to be, that has to be said. Yesterday, his serve was, uh, was very good. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, usually a thing that tells you a lot about his state of uh, confidence and uh, his his tennis level overall. When when the serve works well, usually for Zverev is, um, you know, it, it helps him a lot also because of his, let's say, his defensive game style, the fact that he, he has to... Uh, to work a bit, a little bit too much, in my opinion, for um, to to get a lot of points. In talking about his, you know, the way he is physically, also with his backhand, I feel that he can play a lot more, um, more offensive game. But um, let's say this is maybe just my opinion. No, every time I watch him, I I have this kind of feeling. Um, Let's say usually some Zverev Dimitrov matches have been great. I'm thinking also, for example, uh, Bercy in 2021. I remember very well because I was there. Um, other, not so much, but yeah, le- let's say how it's going to go. Yeah, I, I do not remember any other Zverev Dimitrov match, honestly, besides this year. So, but I, I know the, I know they've played they've played a lot of times, but um just just never really i guess that um memorable but yeah, if you were live i if you were there live i understand that, that this was uh this was pretty, much bigger and that you have better recollection of it uh also yeah nurlan thank you for say for uh, noting that it's the left-handed uh, wang because yeah i of, i really often mix them up uh xenu and xiu that's that's just insane that they only have one uh, one letter between the, each other, and there's also Kyang Wang, but at least her, at least she is, you know, much older and um, yeah. easier to. It's easier to know which one. We're yeah, I remember about. that match uh, between Zverev and Dimitrov because mm-hmm. it was the same day, and I was there too uh, that night uh, of that infamous match between Gaston and and Alcaraz. <laughs> oh yeah, twenty one. That uh, one I remember. That one I remember. <laughs> yes, uh, and and I remember super super well because being live, it was, um, you know, also yeah. the atmosphere. I I mm-hmm. I cannot forget that match. Yeah, I I, I do envy that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Even I, I am tennis, definitely tennis jealous. wise was probably horrible. Um, uh, I mean, some of the defense from Gaston was, was insane. Yeah, no, but, that, yeah. that's right. But you know. Mm, it was pretty much uh, Alcaraz going a little bit in confusion uh, also till the end. I mean, uh, wasn't the best level-wise possible, but it was, you know, great for the, for the atmosphere. Uh, yeah. You know, great or for some fans, maybe not so much because it depends on how you judge a, a crowd. Uh, yeah. It was definitely a bit too football-like for my taste, I would say. 
Um, although I'm, I'm not also one of these guys who are going to say that, you know, if the crowd is loud and tense, it's not good. I mean, I, I just like respect for both players, mm. I guess. You know, you can be loud, but you don't have to. <laughs> it's so posh. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just I just think you can be loud, but just respect both players. You know, the other yeah, guy hits yeah, a exactly. nice shot. There's a double fault. You don't clap after that. Uh, I once clapped. It, it I'm, I can assure you that it wasn't a clap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I, 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 I was double I know, faulting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I once called it um, Jerzy Janowicz's family, uh, the challenger, because he played Thiago Seibofield and he uh well the brazilian double faulted i think twice in a row and yanovich went up low 40 on uh on, on return and they just started clapping and you know part of yanovich's family oh part of yanovich's family is the former wta number 30 marta domachowska so i was like what the hell are you doing i mean you play tennis what what the heck and also you know his father was probably the loudest there uh, <laughs> no barking between serves, yes. And also, I have to say that if we did that, if we really took over WTA Weekly, I thought that the rebranding should be called Super Mario Bros. <laughs> that's that, that's all I wanted to say on the topic. Uh, although, I, I, I don't know if any of us look like um, plumbers. <laughs> anyway, uh, is there anything else that we really need to cover? Uh, this, this might be a bit of a shorter ATP Weekly episode, but now there's also... A, um, I guess a li- little less conversation topics than usual. Yeah, fewer. I mean, we, yeah, even because there's a lot of uh, of uncertainty on the form of the top players. Next week we are going to to watch almost them all in Beijing. Um, ah. <laughs> okay, I thought Nurlan wanted us to talk to, about Felix Ojaliasim, uh, but he wants to talk about Felix Mishker. Uh, yesterday, you know, if you guys want to check it out, Felix Mishker released that video about yeah. the first ATP point. I thought, especially at, um, in the first few minutes, there were a few funny moments, you know, like him at five years old or something like that, and like uh, a lot of good story there, and also him saying that after that first match, uh, that he played for the point against Johannes Hartais, he really struggled, which is true. <laughs> you know, you're a native speaker and you confuse less and fewer. Um, anyway, um, you're not a native speaker, I guess. Uh, that's yeah, what you probably. meant, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I confuse less and fewer all the time, but I think I also do it in, in Polish. Yeah, it, it, it's sometimes hard. But anyway, um, there there are there are a few other things that I definitely confuse in in Polish as well. Uh, can we talk about Felix uh, once again? Yeah, the, that match against Johannes Hartais, and also him saying that you know, after that he was in really big trouble. I think, by the way, that Johannes Hartais sold the set in that in that match. Uh, but um, that's um, that's something um, that you know cannot really be. Um, proven. Anyway, uh, Felix Mischker, of course, played um, who was it? Matteo Fondrias, I think, an, an Italian. Uh, surely you're very familiar with him. Probably not, because uh, <laughs> no, no one really honestly is. not. <laughs> but but even Felix says it, you know, that it was a perfect draw because he got another qualifier. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He beat him. Unfortunately, there's no actual footage of the match. There's just the match point in this in this video which um, I'm not, uh, well, I was a bit disappointed with. There's only the last rally, really. Mm-hmm. I think, is, is that already his singles rank or is this his doubles rank on the screen, by the way? Uh, doubles rank. Yeah, yes. doubles, because I think ITF points, generally speaking, they come in after two weeks. Are they already there? No, because we haven't had 
uh, we haven't had uh, the update of the rankings, right? It's going yeah, to be yeah, like one, exactly. In I one think or that two it's days. going to be on yeah, one or Wednesday one or two at days. this point. Yeah, yeah. I think I think on Wednesday, Felix Mishka will be ranked officially. But yeah, he's going to be ranked um, only the match point, as I said, against Fondrist, and uh, that's a bit of a shame. Also, mm -hmm. I thought his reaction was going to be a bit bigger, but I guess the fact that Fondrist, you know, missed a smash for it probably made it a bit dif a bit uh, difficult. But yeah, uh, yeah. if you guys want to watch it, there's a lot of highlights from his match against Andres Martin, the Georgia Tech college player mm -hmm. who beat Kokinakis in Atlanta last year. So uh, also Andres Martin, after that this match against Mishker, he actually lost in the quarters of that event. But this week he won uh, his first ITF uh, pro title. So... Uh, you know, clearly a competitive quality player and uh, Felix Mishker actually played a nice match against him. So let's see how many more points he can amass. And I think that that's something that we've been saying, basically, that with time, if he plays enough ITF events, he's going to get an easy draw somewhere. And he did. And that's probably yeah. the on the yeah. screen, the footage of the match point, right? Yeah, is very, it? very nice. Is Fondry's going to miss this match? Yeah, he, he is. He, he has missed one. Okay. One of the um, highlights of the, the, the ITF tour of the season. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's so great that he has managed to build this sort of community, you know. And um, Yeah, no, exactly. And, and yeah, so many people rooting for him to get that ATP point. Uh, I think, you know, it's, it's a good example of sort of building your brand. Despite, like, not actually being, you know, that excellent in tennis. Like, the guy is not going to be a superstar, right? But he has improved so much. But while doing that, you know, it's definitely given him a lot of motivation. I don't know if he, if he would have kept going, right? If, I mean, without without the videos, without the yeah, YouTube, without the community. Also, yeah. So 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 basically, that's that's a fantastic achievement, and and kudos to him. Um, anything else? Uh, anything else? Um... Yeah, Nurlan. Maybe uh, any I other Felix know. that yeah, you want us to you... mention? <laughs> Felix uh, Corwin, uh, Felix uh, Baumgartner, right? The guy who jumped <laughs> off like 38 kilometers yeah. or something. Joao Felix. Um, <laughs> Joao Felix. Yeah, I, at first I just wanted to start um, talking about tennis players, but after Felix Corwin and Felix Ojalia Sim and Felix Mishker, I sort of ran out of it. So, uh, <laughs> I yeah, mean, I know there's that. There's probably someone else, but. Uh, I know that John is happy because Chelsea is flopping. <laughs> um, Felix the cat. Uh, I don't know. Is is he the one like from? I know. I I, I don't think I know the cartoon. No, I, I don't think there's know a there, there's <laughs> a um, there's cat food in Poland, which is like marketed with some sort of cat, Felix the cat. But I don't know if it's this Felix mm -hmm. the cat actually. Probably not. Yeah, John might be happy about Chelsea, but maybe not about United. So. Can we talk uh, about how much she was in a month? <laughs> Again, that's for the for the WTA weekly. But but yeah, obviously she was wrong with this uh, with this performance by thing. I mean, it was said on the detail sheet. You know, it's not something that yeah, the exactly. WTA came up with at the very last minute. So uh, yeah, I, I think the fact and that she had to play her first withdrew. round. Yeah, maybe she withdrew and she said that was because of her health and her injury. Mm -hmm. And I, actually, maybe that's also part of the reason why she was so angry, because basically she uh, wanted to be 100% by the time she was playing her first match. And because yeah. she's playing her, her in the opening round, she has to be there like, what, two days earlier? 
so maybe that's that's also why it hurt her so much but yeah but yeah, way, yeah, yeah she I, wasn't I don't right like the i case. don't particularly like the buy system i mean you know especially for example in the five 500 level uh, the draws are pretty stacked for me you can yeah. do just a 32 player player draw and i agree but you know why it's there right i mean they just want the top guys to play or top girls in this case and yeah, they they think that mm-hmm. they're gonna convince them by the fact that they will have ma- one mus- one much less, which which is probably the case, right? I mean, in, a lot of the time, it is an argument that players can use in their scheduling that yeah. they're gonna have one much less. So I don't know. I, I think there there are definitely downsides to it. Uh, and and yeah, you're right that the WTA 500 draws have been so incredible that yeah, just doing 32 there, I don't think it would really be um, yeah, exactly. that much of a factor. I think most top players would still play it. But yeah, if you're like Iga Świątek and you're thinking what to play, having a buy is probably uh, an argument, right? It, it is something that could convince you to come to an event. Yeah, I don't I mean, think same, she would be playing thing, Ningbo. But same thing, but uh, with the, let's say, the performance buy, which I, I see yeah. this as, you know... Um, uh, a prize for the players that went to play the Guadalajara one one thousand events went far there, and so they have the needed tra- time to travel because before yeah, uh, Sakari before Tuesday is not going to be uh, to be in Tokyo. So imagine if she has to play the match on uh, on Tuesday, and it's um, basically impossible. Then again, Sakari was number four anyway, so it could have had the buy. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, but for that there's another solution, right? Just schedule your tour. Yeah, yeah, better. no, the, the, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, this of course, even because yeah, and then you don't yeah. need performance buys because it, then everyone been, can get to events. Yeah, of course, it, it's been and a, like no one big events one after thousand yeah. event with uh, two top players, two yeah. top ten players. Sorry, that's what I was meaning. Jabber number one and Sakari number two. Yeah, so. Sakari's, uh, I, I think from what I read, Sakari's, uh, like the average ranking of her opposition was 103, which is pretty crazy. I mean, I, I still think it was a strong performance. You know, she beat Garcia, she beat Georgie, who should be very dangerous in these conditions, and she just overpowered them, but still. Yeah, because then she beat quarterfinal and final two players ranked outside the top 100, because yeah. uh, Arango, the quarterfinal, and... Uh... Dolide in, in the final, but still for her is huge because you know, given the pressure of winning that second title, uh, uh, it can be even heavier if you're going to if you enter the match as the, the, the heavy favorite. So, no, 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 I agree. I mean, she, she absolutely needed to win this one and she delivered like this would have been a huge mental hit, but but yeah, I also get that it, it wasn't the strongest path and and. Yeah, it just shouldn't be scheduled like this. That, that's yeah, basically exactly. the only Even argument. because and that tournament is really great, and I yeah, yeah, yeah I absolutely. felt I felt then you that. then then you don't need any performance buys if you if you schedule this. Yeah, normally. exactly. So yeah. Anyway, but that's that's a topic for another day. Yeah, Definitely yeah, for just, another yeah, show. Just, yeah, exactly. Just to highlight how you know the 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 ATP. Um, there's not much to to talk about this week. Um, yeah um, so basically we have extended the show to almost an hour which I think is going to be a nice uh, moment to end it however John has oh no John has just returned so oh sorry our producer will probably <laughs> close this out 
and uh yeah thank you guys for for being here thank you mario and thank you, thank uh, you yeah, as we'll always see, we'll see you we'll see you probably on another atp weekly or just some other thing on talking tennis uh and also uh remember uh jakub bobro player of the week caroline dolheide the third recipient of this award one of them was my jakub menchik one of them jesper mm-hmm. de Jong. so the first female um winner winner yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or a player. Uh, yeah, I was looking for some better word, but I actually already <laughs> used recipient, and then I just had to come back to. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well. Anyway, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, everyone. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.